0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Just so you know. And so um, people won't be able to tell your, um, I mean, unless you identify yourself, people won't know it's exactly you. So, so I, as I said, I wanted to build a little bit on, um, talk more about compassion. I started this conversation or this practice uh, last week, and I'd like to just kind of you know say some more about it. There's a lot we can say about compassion and I think um, it's uh, it's probably everybody knows I find myself saying this a lot, everybody knows, but just in case that um, compassion is one of the central ideals and central values of Buddhist practice. But when we use this expression, ideals and values, it's so easy to um, make it like seem idealized, like something that's really, you know, out there in the future and really lofty, and um, I, I don't know, you know, something that's super special. And when we have that idea, then sometimes we forget or we lose touch with. The idea that compassion is when loving kindness, when warm-heartedness meets suffering. So suffering, difficulties, challenges, hardships are an integral part of compassion. So it doesn't come about in the abstract. It's not just this idea like we should be compassionate. The way that in this tradition that we hold it is that it's when loving-kindness, warm-heartedness, goodwill meets difficulties so it's it has like this direct contact that we have with difficulties and suffering that's like it's an integral part of it and so it's when loving kindness meets suffering and we are moved by it we're touched by it in such a way that born out of this sense of love born out of this uh, goodwill that we want to alleviate, we want to end the suffering. because we love, because we care. So um, uh, there's a number of different ways in which we can meet suffering, right? This isn't a secret, Um, but one is to like, for example, let's say that um, if I were more creative, I could just write on the spot, say something that's relevant about uh, COVID-19 but um, I'll say this right now, that um, it might be that your partner or somebody whom you care about um, shares with you that they, they're really upset because their boss was uh, treated them unfairly or did something that was upsetting. And then the one way you could respond is like, how dare she, I can't believe it, doesn't she know who you are? And and then you yourself become indignant and you yourself start to become angry and how could they have treated you that way? You know, so to kind of like take on the the anger or the take on the, the difficulty that your partner, somebody that you care about is having and you yourself just get agitated. Another way is to not to identify with it and take it on, but to respond. And so instead of like exhibiting the exact same emotion that the person that you care about is having, you say, you have a concern. So instead of getting indignant, you might say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to deal with a person like that. I'm sorry that you have to deal with somebody who treats you in such a way. What can I do for you? Would you like a cup of tea? we could go for a walk, or maybe you just want to be quiet, right? It's really different, right? Just a different way of responding to um, somebody that we care about. And then, of course, uh, maybe this goes without saying, another way, which um, is not even Uh, born out of a love necessarily but it's just an interaction with the suffering and to not um, have any resonance with it to not have any recognition or um maybe yeah resonance i'll use this word so instead uh your reaction could be you had a tough day (sighs) well let me what about me let me tell you about my day and you'll just have to get used to it. And my day it was like this. You know, of course, right? I'm exaggerating for this. <laughs> but it's another way in which we can respond. So when we um we can resist suffering and not allow it to uh we where we don't resonate with it at all, or we can allow it to where we resonate with it, but we use it as a way that can be is part of our practice and to help uh, help others in the world, including ourselves. So to resist the difficulty, resist the suffering, resist the challenges, is to meet it with fear, to meet it with despair, condemnation, timidity, Projection, blaming, all these things. And these, of course, are natural human responses. If Sometimes we have this response we shouldn't beat ourselves up with. That's not what this is about. It's just to help us to recognize that it is possible to have another way. So if we... um, or if we are meeting difficulties with fear or despair or blaming, then we're in some ways we're projecting our own sorrows, our own difficulties onto what we're seeing in others, and then we we um become not in such a good position to help because we're coming from this place of fear or timidity or blaming or whatever it might be. And then this can easily drift to like grief or can easily drift into pity or or anxiety. So, a big part of um, compassion, and we'll talk about this uh, this week, is how can we meet it without resistance? How can we meet it? How can we um, allow ourselves to feel it and yet to respond in a way that comes out of love? That comes out of care, that comes out of concern for others. So I'm going to say a little something here about um, this kind of expression of uh, blind compassion. And that is, this is an imitator of compassion, something that might look like compassion and even feel like compassion, but isn't Exactly compassion and I want to mention this because I myself, I find myself uh, guilty of this and I see this happening so I just offer this to see if it might be helpful or supportive. So this expression blind compassion is to be exaggeratedly tolerant, to be completely concentration phobic, and to be indiscriminate attempt at caring. So what this looks like, it's, it's rather than this care and this kindness that's rooted or born from love and care, it's born from fear. So this fear of concentration, fear of saying no, a fear of setting boundaries, like this behavior is okay, this behavior is not okay. It's a fear of not looking like a good person because we said no about something. It's a fear of not being a spiritual, quote-unquote, person because we are have said no in some kind of way and maybe said no with a a little bit of uh, some power to it and some way of setting some boundaries. So being compassionate is not the same as being passive. And it's not the same as tolerating everything. In fact, compassion can have a lot of strength to it. And sometimes we hear this expression about being fierce compassion. I like this word boundaries. It's kind of like making clear, like what's okay and what's not okay. Well, what can we tolerate and what can we not tolerate? And the thing about working with boundaries or you know, discovering them, or working with them is we often only find them when they've been crossed. So often we don't, it's not so clear to us what our boundaries are until we start to feel really uncomfortable and like, oh, this, this, this isn't okay. And then to work with boundaries definitely is a skill. This is not easy. This is not easy. So it's, it requires that we get to know ourselves. And, and to know uh, what, what, are, what is supportive for our own well being and where can we be flexible? Where can we stretch ourselves into some uncomfortable areas, but in a way that feels like it's onward leading and supportive for our spiritual practice, for our continuing development and growth as a person? So each of us will have to find our own way with this, but I just uh, encourage us to explore it. And this setting of boundaries often can feel awkward and uncomfortable, and maybe we'll make mistakes, like speak a little bit uh, with more fierceness than is necessary or, or maybe we don't say anything and then we just start avoiding the person and when we could have maintained that friendship if we had somehow said you know I feel uncomfortable when you call me every day I don't have time for every day I appreciate you I love talking with you but can we uh, speak every other day that kind of makes me feel more comfortable and let's put it on the calendar I'm just making this up each of us will have our own ways so that's a little introduction about compassion. Is that um, it's born out of a sense of love and care, and when we resonate and can feel that the other person has, is having difficulties, challenges, suffering, and it's um, not. Uh, it doesn't being compassionate doesn't mean that we have to tolerate everything. So. Are there some comments or some questions of what I've said so far? I'm gonna, uh, we'll go into a guided meditation, but maybe before we do, this is a giant topic, like we could talk about this a lot, but um, I just wanna open it up and see if there's some comments. I can see everybody on one screen. So if you want to raise your hand or, yes, Adelaide, do you want to unmute yourself?
1: I have a question about the use of the term blind in blind compassion. That that that's very interesting to me. And I'm wondering if that is that coming out of the Buddhist literature? Is that a, a Buddhist term? Because I would like to understand what's blind about it um, a, a little more deeply. Not just I know it's a big subject. Thank you.
0: That's such a great question, Adelaide. So, no, this does not come out of the Buddhist teachings. And this comes out of a book that um, touched me and this book probably was written 20 years ago. So I think that we wouldn't use that expression now. Thank you for highlighting that for me. It's not, it's not a good expression at all. and blind is like uh turning away from what's actually happening and just tolerating everything. That's that's kind of where this the blind is. It's like not seeing what's actually happening and just like, oh, it's all good. Okay, it's fine. That's kind of thing is where that works. So JB, I saw that your hand went up, but then Raj and then Sanjita. So Raj, do you want to unmute yourself?
2: Sure. Hi. Um, I guess the comment and question that I had was when when I think about compassion, I think about sitting with people in their suffering. So um, I guess, you know, knowing that I I might not be able to change the circumstances, which is bringing them this pain, um, but just to, and instead of make that making me feel kind of powerless and helpless, to kind of just sit with them and just know that they're not alone. Um, I guess, I guess my question is, I wonder if it would be helpful to, I also find myself when I hear some people's stories, I, I get a very strong response and there may be a response of like anger, fear. And like you said, it kind of takes away from me connecting with that person and what they're going through. So I wonder if a useful thing to do is maybe to, kind of first realize that and know that that's going on for me, set that aside and remember to come back to that and offer myself some compassion to kind of address my reaction. Nice.
0: Nice. Thank you, Raj. Yes. 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 Right. uh, If we notice like, Oh, this is really uncomfortable that I, I am feeling this sadness or the despair to, to, just recognize what's happening. And often, not always, but sometimes, just that simple recognition can help kind of take the sting out of it so that we can um, be more with that person who's having difficulties. Thank you, Raj. Thank you. And then uh, Sanjita,
3: do you want to end? Sure. Um, You mentioned that uh, compassion doesn't mean that we have to tolerate everything. Uh, Can you elaborate on that for me, please? maybe with an example?
0: If somebody um, is um, speaking to us in a way that's very disrespectful, but at the same time we can see that they are um, having difficulties themselves, but they're speaking to us in a way that either we feel threatened or we feel like it's just disrespectful, I mean, a a strong way is to say, you know, I care about what's happening for you, but I can't uh, be with this when you when you speak to me in this tone or uh, when you are making that gesture or whatever it is. So actually, I'm going to leave the room now. And. and, you know, it depends on the situation. And if you feel like you want to continue in a way that where you, you don't have to do that, then we can um, continue this conversation. So maybe we'll take a 10 minute break and then I can come back or maybe you can come in the other room. You know, I don't know, it's
3: some, something
0: like that. Does does that make sense?
3: Um, sure. Um, but if, um, if, if the person is really difficult and say goes on, um, telling lies or manipulating the truth um, is one option to just permanently get away from that person if you're unable to handle?
0: Yes. Maybe maybe we won't um, use the word permanently. We'll use the word that uh, there's no need to have this, uh, you know, everybody... uh, like this person in your life right now, while the conditions are such that they behave in such a way and you feel such a way, that's um, it's. We're not uh, required to maintain relationships that are harmful for us. We can say, you know, uh, with a bow to them and a bow to ourselves, say, you know, this this doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to be it's not working. Right now, in this way that we're um being with one another or communicating, and I think that I need a a break now or to be a little bit more clear, like um you know until you can until we can resolve um this disagreement that we have in a way that feels respectful for both of us. I don't feel comfortable being with you, or right? These are difficult conversations to say. I am not saying, oh, a piece of cake, just uh, um, uh, set boundaries, but it is a way forward, right? Otherwise we just get stuck and kind of like where we can't go forward, we can't, um, find our way with uh, with the relationships w- was that helpful sanjita uh
3: yes uh yeah definitely but um, uh, sometimes w- what happens is even after getting away you are stuck because when you want to go back and uh compromise go for a compromise and if you don't get a response from the other party then also you are stuck so uh,
0: yeah, so you're also stuck when you go back because you want to compromise.
3: Um, but the other party totally shuns you away and there's no way for you to reach because you're in a totally different place and sometimes even in a different country and the only way to communicate is through email or call and if you don't get a response for any of them, then where does it go? yes
0: yes so then is maybe um it's compassion for yourself for that Mm -hmm. difficulty Mm -hmm. and and with a, a to i mean for that heartbreak or whatever it might be and then um maybe with as your inner experience shifts then maybe um other things can shift too, because that's really the only thing that you can do at that time, right?
3: So basically, we have to uh, admit to the way things are and uh, just move on. Is if, that what? It is? If you're stuck,
0: if there's no way forward, mm-hmm. then can you take care of your own suffering, your own difficulty?
3: Mm -hmm. okay sure thank you so much you're welcome
0: abraham i see your hand but uh, so maybe jb and then abraham and then we'll go to meditation i was going to say that i think the conversation has moved along so i'm good not uh, contributing back thank you okay okay abraham
4: thanks um this reminded me so much of uh, in the line of work where I was in, where they used to talk a great deal about compassion burnout. And um, that that was kind of misno- a misnomer as far as I was concerned, because compassion involves the whole field. It involves uh, the person who is struggling. It also involves me. And nice. I have to be compassionate toward myself and and focus on myself to uh, to find a way that I can best be of service to somebody else and if that means i am uh, I will not be in any place to offer service if I keep just offering it to you and disrespecting myself then
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, then it 's not compassion anymore that 's abuse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we often use this expression um, empathic distress as opposed to compassion burnout. So kind of the the Buddhist definition of compassion would say that, um, you know, compassion is unlimited. It's born out of love, but uh, empathy, right? Definitely has limits. Empathy where we just resonate with somebody, but we kind of identify and take it on and it's not, um, doesn't have its foundation in a love and a caring empathy. Oh, I'm not saying that it doesn't have love and caring, but that's where we can really feel the, the uh, ill effects of taking on all of these uh, difficulties that we're seeing. Okay, so let's do a little guided meditation here. So we can take an, an alert upright posture. And we'll begin by taking a few long slow deep breaths just to connect with the body just feel the body moving with the breath maybe it's Chest, the abdomen, the shoulders. Allowing the breath to return to normal and trusting that the body knows how to breathe. So we don't have to do anything special. loving-kindness meditation, compassion meditation is easiest when there's a certain amount of comfort or ease. So choose a posture that feels comfortable. There might be a way in which you can adjust a little bit to your posture to have it be comfortable. Maybe we can check in with different areas of the body. See if there's, we can bring a little bit of ease to some areas where there's some tightness. Often we hold tension around our eyes, our jaw. Maybe the shoulders. And want the shoulder blades to slide down the back. It can be nice to open the chest just a tiny bit, a really small movement, right? And maybe the shoulders go back just a little bit. Maybe there can be a little more relaxation in the belly. Can feel the pressure of the chair, the cushion against your body, can feel grounded. You're present here. Check in with the legs, upper legs, lower legs, and the arms, and the hands. Feel what the hands are feeling. Are they touching something that is smooth or rough? Warm or cool? We're just noticing. What about inside the hands, so to speak? might there be some tingling throbbing pulsing sense of aliveness pressure whatever it might be so in the same way Can we bring that awareness, that attention to the sensations of breathing? That is, the movement of the chest, or the movement of the abdomen, or the feeling of air going in and out of the nose. Right now, there's nothing else to do, nowhere else to be. We're just here, noticing the sensations of breathing. What does it feel like to have an in-breath So now that we have a little bit of stability, a little bit of collectedness, we'll start with loving kindness meditation, cultivating a sense of warmth and respect and care. So bring to mind somebody for whom it's easy to feel loving kindness, to feel metta, goodwill, benevolence, whichever words resonate with you. This person might be somebody you know. Maybe you don't know them. You don't have a relationship with them, but you know about them. And some people like to use kittens, puppies, babies. You're welcome to do that. can check in with the body and see if by bringing this lovable being to mind, if there's any shift, any movement, any softening, warmth. It might be really subtle, it might be obvious, and it might not even be there. But if it is there, And use that bodily experience to support you with your loving kindness meditation and then to support our intention of cultivating loving kindness I can repeat silently after me may you be safe May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy May you be healthy. May you live with ease. You're welcome to modify the phrases. Perhaps there are different words that resonate with you. Just an encouragement to keep it simple. And of course, the phrases don't need to be in English. Any language that feels like the right language, the language of your heart, perhaps. If this feels like it's getting complicated, Is there a way that you can simplify it? May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. So now we can build on this foundation of loving kindness that we've been cultivating. And imagine that this lovable being is having some difficulties. Maybe they are feeling uncertain and afraid with everything that's happening these days. Maybe if they're a kitten or a puppy, maybe they feel hungry. Or a baby too. A baby needs to have its diaper changed and it's uncomfortable. So we're not choosing the most difficult at this time. Just that the lovable being, as some difficulties. So we can say a different phrase, can use different phrases for this. May your difficulties end. May you experience peace. 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 Notice if there's any sensations in your body that can might support you, might that might be, um. Condition that can help this, the wishing for this ending of suffering to grow. That that was a little bit awkward English. Allow any sense of well being, any sense of warmth, any sense of tenderness in the body or in the mind. Allow that to support you, nourish you, nurture you. May your difficulties end. May you experience peace. And then to end this meditation, feel the pressure of the chair or the cushion against your body. Feel your feet on the ground. And when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes. sure how the say a little aside how that bell sounds. I know for some people the the noise cancellation makes the bell sound a little odd. But. So with that meditation, we started with some just uh, doing a little bit of a body scan just to kind of find a little bit more ease, comfort in the body. And then a little bit of uh, mindfulness of breathing, just to support some collectiveness and settledness. Then loving kindness and starting where it's easy with a lovable being. Especially when we want to do compassion practice, it's really helpful to start with some loving kindness practice and start where it's easy so that this compassion can be coming out of love. I'm using this word love, but it can, you can use something else. You can say come out of care. Come out of warmth and then we um, imagined or maybe we know that this lovable being has a certain amount of difficulties and then to bring that to mind and then to use different phrases. So I offer that summary just because um, it can be useful for us to reflect on or explore Be curious about what our experiences are during meditation. And sometimes um, we don't remember the full range of everything, and so we kind of like just focus on a particular one. But a great way to integrate our experiences, our learnings, our understandings, including our frustrations, our confusion, all these types of things that we might have with a meditation practice is to. Uh, talk about it, to share it with others, to um, find some words to describe a little bit what our, um, our experience was, or what um, some questions we might have, or something like this. So I'm going to put you into some breakout rooms. Um, let's see. I think they, they have um, either three or four people in them. And you'll be there for about 15 minutes. So, keep an eye on the time so that uh, you know not one person speaks for twelve minutes or something like this and the um the topic is just it's kind of vague and, and open like what what was there anything that you learned? What was that experience about for the meditation experience? Um, you're perfectly welcome to say, "You know what I don't know." When Diana started the guided meditation, I got up and fed the cat and did the laundry. And (laughs) you're welcome to say these kinds of things too, right? We're not trying to pretend that we're something that we're not. Um, But um, with these discussions, the question is to, the point is, um, let's not give um, advice to each other. There's no reason to um, give advice to well what you really should do is x y or z that's it's more about opportunity for us i think all of us have this experience that when you start to talk about something you your uh your relationship to it maybe gets a little bit deeper or you understand it differently or it's a way to um, engage with it in a different way so that's what it is it's an opportunity less for you to tell somebody a story and more for you to understand your experience better Okay, so I set this up that when I click this button, you all are just going to zoom, going to go. Sometimes it has, we have the question, but here I've had it that um, you're just going to go. And then you'll get um, a 60 second countdown bef- uh, before it's time to come back. So have fun. Oh, I guess maybe. Okay, here we go. Welcome back. Okay, well, this is a good sign that not everybody is like immediately, oh, get me out of there. (laughs) Okay, I think everybody is uh, back now. And ache, you're challenging us that uh, we're seeing you uh, <laughs> sideways, which is okay. So I'd like to um, hear from you all. How was that? Did you learn anything? Do you have some insights? Uh, what was the experience like talking about um, the meditation or some questions? Or is there something you'd like to say? So for this. If you want to um we'll try this. If you go down to um participants, that's if you move your cursor down to the bottom of the screen and you look at participants, and then you'll see a list of all of us, and then at the bottom, I think you there's something about you can raise your hand. I think that's I think that's how it works. So then that way um for me I see it that happens in order. So Sally, would you like to unmute yourself? Well,
1: what we talked about and what I felt so deeply was the power of the way in which you said the phrases with the exact same tone of voice, intonation, expression, which Left me with the sense that each time you would say the phrase, it would go into me more deeply. And it's very different than the way I do my own loving kindness, which is kind of rambly and not necessarily being drawn to exact repetition. So it was a clear example of the power of, the, of, of exact repetition.
0: Yes, thank you, Sally. So, um, loving kindness practice, all oh, the Brahma Viharas, so including compassion can um, be a powerful concentration practice. Mm -hmm. And this is a way in which they can be a concentration practice is just as you described, the kind of like, uh, it goes in deep and then there's a, I don't know, I I don't, it's a a quieting that can happen with just the repetition, so. Thank you, Sally. Yeah. Anybody else? Uh, Abraham. Abraham, can you unmute yourself? You did. Um, but, ah, there yeah. you go.
4: Yeah. I had the same experience. I, I get drawn into the wonderful, warm feelings of the different phrases. And I can get into like, it's floral, you know, it grows, it grows. And, and but what you were doing was the same four phrases over and over again, and kind of, I guess, like a concentration practice, you're simplifying everything and just making it uh, simpler. And I also found that, that. that um, so I think what I'm saying is it will be interesting for me to try and explore that. Try, mm. try a different way of doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Abraham. And I think what both of you and Sally are pointing out is there's lots of different ways in which we can do Mm-hmm. I mean kindness and compassion practices and um you know when i teach happy hour i'm often or always doing this way just um because uh, i find that it brings us some with the quieting of the mind there can yeah. be a real opening of the heart mm. so thank you
4: That, 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 I'm just going to say this, that, that's interesting because I, I heard other teachers use other phrases that I was really drawn to. So I want to patch, make a patchwork quilt and I'm not sure that I'm actually getting more bang for my buck, so I'm, I'm going to try it another way.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, but I appreciate, uh, Abraham, that this idea of like exp- um, exploring, experimenting, yeah. right? It's going to be helpful to find phrases that are meaningful for us. A pace that is meaningful for us, and uh, you know, and we only discover those things by trying lots of different things. Thank you, Julie.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to share my experience, actually, of our small group, <laughs> which um, I found really interesting. Which is everyone taking turns and really speaking at least how I experienced seeking of something very meaningful and also also kind of vulnerable, but it was kind of the openness. And even at the end, we kind of sat in silence there for <laughs> for a bit um, and, and in a very comfortable way, just kind of being together. I was really struck by um, the compassion evidenced in just our relieving really there just wanted to share.
0: Mm, Thank you, thank you, Julie. I'm happy to hear this, I'm happy to hear this. Sanjita.
3: Uh, Yes, Diana. Um, In in our group also, um, uh, we felt uh, such a connection between us that uh, one of the participants even, um, did a small uh, chant of loving-kindness. Uh, so that was really very impressive. Um, but we also had a question for you. Um, is there any teaching uh, in Buddhism that specifically addresses uh, dealing with uh, loneliness? Um, I asked this uh from the perspective that not everybody is skilled in uh, um, having good relationships or maintaining existing relationships. Um, It could be because of their upbringing or conditioning, causes and conditions. So when there is no one to support, how do you support yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah. So there isn't uh, any teachings about loneliness, uh, specifically. There, um, one is about self-compassion, which I'm going to talk about more next week. So when we do find ourselves having these experiences, how can we work with it? And um, there are a number, quite a few teachings, actually, on like how to live in community, how to live with others, and some specific ones about relationships, too. So a recognition that relationships are an integral part of human beings, the human experience, and that's not always easy. And there's, uh, and pointing towards uh, the value that they have too, that they, and maybe I'll say one more thing about that. Also pointing to that are the relationships that, that we have, have a big impact on us. So the in, in just kind of like a big general thing, there's a the teachings about, you know, to really uh, pay attention to whom we spend a lot of time with because they will influence us whether we intend them to or not. So to choose our associates in a way that really support our lives in a way that help us be the best versions of ourselves. So if you, um, in general, I can point you towards a book, um, So now the title um escapes me um living in harmony or it's pico Bodhi's book i don't know does anybody else know this book community living in harmony with the community it um just came out a few years ago yeah so let me i'll put it in the chat box okay. if, if this is something that you'd like to explore but this is more about um not uh yeah i think he does have something in there about interpersonal relationships um there's it has the word harmony in it community living in harmony something like this
3: sure that's okay i'll i'll uh take a look in the internet
0: okay so i put bika bodhi's name okay he's the author i put that in the chat box thank you okay Well, it's 8.45, Um, originally I said these were gonna be nine o'clock until nine, but I think with a Zoom, I think a little bit shorter is better, it's sometimes hard to just, you know, stay with a computer screen. So it was a delight to be with you all this evening. And maybe I'll unmute us all. And we can, again, have a big lot of noise and just say bye. And we can just hear each other uh, saying goodbye. So, and perhaps I'll see you all next week. So, bye. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. Thank you, Diana.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank, Thank, you, Diana. you, mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love bye. this, when all this. Be avoidance. careful. Stay safe.
0: Yes, stay safe. Okay. Take
2: care. Be well, everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs>
4: how do i do that (laughs) i i wanted to have that nice screen in the back and i can't get it anyway next time bye
3: bye Bye.
4: (laughs) thank
2: you diana you're
0: welcome nice to see you
1: I love your background. Is that a real, I mean, you took that picture. Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> this is a spirit rock.
1: Yes. Now I recognize. I
0: right? I'm teaching a retreat at uh, spirit rock right now. So I thought I would have this as part of the, <laughs> I would like, be there.
1: Thank you. couple questions I have. Yeah. Um, so with this uh, Brahma Vihara, all four of them do, do come from the same source. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They come; it's, oh, they all start with metta. They all start with this loving kindness. But Sally is here. Sally, you're welcome to listen in if you'd like. I just want to, or if you'd like to leave, I, I can help you leave too. It's up to you.
1: I'm I'm fine as long as. Um, who, who's, who am I talking to? The other person, I mean, is Lydia. Lydia, as long as Lydia doesn't mind. Oh, I don't mind, Sally. <laughs> I'd be happy. Um, so the reason I asked Uh-oh. me Lydia, to... uh
0: Lydia, your, your internet um, froze there for a moment.
1: ...passion me. because... Okay. Can you, can you hear me now?
0: Yeah, so maybe, Lydia, if you stop your video, the audio will be a little bit better.
1: Stop video. Okay. So, so uh, it so, seems like easier for me to sum up the compassion